Consensus 1234 invites you to get this with Tony Martin and briefly Dylan Moran. Good morning, everybody. It's me again. Ed's here. Morning, morning. And can we have a big round of fake applause for our special guest, Dylan Moran, is joining us. And what I think could be called an ungodly hour. We're sorry to drag you in, Dylan. That's all right. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Hello. hello. Now, look, obviously people in Australia know you for black books, but a lot of people are not aware that you're uh, also a f- really good stand-up comedian. And yeah. I had a look at the DVD mm-hmm. of a show you did called Monster. Yes. Fantastic stuff. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it is, uh, how's it going down? Can I cough the... on this session? You can yeah. cough. It's, it's <coughs> completely acceptable. <coughs> Thank you. And furthermore. And we'll have another coughing fit coming up in the next break. Right. And how do you find the Australian audiences are taking to your act? Uh, <coughs> people have been um, very, you know, uh, nice in that uh, they turned up and they sat down. And uh, you can't ask anything more of an audience, really. No. <coughs> they uh, superb at uh, sitting down and <laughs> looking at me. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm as happy as I've ever been. Are you really? Yeah. Because, of course, you haven't got one of those acts where you have to change things. So do you find you can just come here and... Oh, I've been doing the same material for 30 years. That's right. I, I never change anything. Um, no, cha- why do you mean change it? What to say? I do have to say hello, Melbourne. Hello, Sydney. Constant innovation. I've done a lot of things where, where people come in and they'll be comedians from England and they'll, they'll have a long list of things that they want to know. They'll go, who's the stupidest footballer in the country? Oh, yeah, I see what And then they'll go, right, I'll change that to that. Who's the most untrustworthy politician? Okay, I'll change Do you have this commercial? Constantly things like that. That's work. <laughs> Exhausting? That's a lot of work. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't really, you know, I do ask questions about wherever it is. Um, you know, but it's not exactly investigative journalism. It's generally... You know, where's the theatre? <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that you don't like doing interviews. I've, almost every interview I've How read with you... How do you know that? What are you basing that on? Every single interview I've read with you, it's, it's got at some point... Probably not you, but at least the interviewer claims that you... You, know, all, you have to understand, everything that you've read about is just a step on the journey to this point where actually I am truly, for the first time myself, I feel like I'm touched for the very first time here <laughs> uh, in this... Uh, confab with you. I don't have any um, you're leafing through my notes there but I don't have any notes from you at all. Are you very dependent on these? No these are just articles from the newspaper But are you very dependent on them for the show? Are you saying that you're incapable of actually spontaneously talking to people? Absolutely (laughs) unless I've got something out of the paper that's been highlighted with a pink felt pen there's no program just hours of silence goes out all right. It's a waste of time. Do you I've I've kept a bit about Samuel Beckett. I'm not sure if you're a fan of Samuel Beckett's work Yeah I like Samuel Beckett I noticed that uh, the city of Dublin is embracing uh, Samuel Beckett. Posters bearing his words, greet arrivals at the airport. That's a wonderful idea for people visiting Ireland. Yeah. Um, it's a Samuel Beckett just jumping out at the walls at them. Well, I suppose it depends on which ones they pick, really. And and that are always safe. <laughs> Did you ever see that Samuel Beckett play where it was just a mouth on the stage? Have you seen that one? Not I, yeah. I know the play, yeah. Have you done that? Have you done any Samuel Beckett? It's written for a woman, so no, I've never done oh, it, but pardon. I know the play. Right. Have you done some Samuel Beckett, Ed? No, I saw it, I've you know, seen some, but never been in it. I was in Endgame once. I had to sit in the rubbish bin. I was nag, sitting yeah. in the rubbish bin. And was do- I do- it was in Auckland, hmm. and the doctor put me on quinine tablets. 
What's that? Because it's like to stop you from having a muscular cramps. Because I had we did three performances a day, so I had to <laughs> curl up in a ball was the bin. in a rubbish. It was like a huge rubbish bin, but I was like cramped in there. <laughs> and uh, then I discovered later that in professional productions uh, in the UK, they would have a trap door yeah, so the actor could sneak in and out. Yeah, right. that's, that's obviously high-end production. Though, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were no trap door no, in our production at all. It's just a waste of time. It's an actual bin. And of course, Samuel Beckett, the great thing about Samuel Beckett is you can just extend. You can just you can make it go for How three or four. Yours? We went for three hours. Wow. We just kept going. The d- director just gave more pauses. Quite <laughs> wimpy, really, I've heard productions that go for 11 or 12 hours just for so you reckon we weren't putting in page play yeah yeah I don't think you're really getting into it enough <laughs> but you get for three shows a day you can't do 11 hours it's just madness well that's all a question of commitment you <laughs> change the clock uh, Dylan have you got any questions at all uh, is there anything about Question. Australia that, that's occurred to you that you might oh I came in I had a whole file but I, don't, I looked at you and I didn't think you knew anything <laughs> uh no, what's to know about Melbourne? Is there anything I need to know? What Are you living under some kind of... Um, Regime? Yeah, is there anything... Is there a curfew? There's, there's about to be one introduced. Right? Uh, premier Brax. We have a Premier uh, in Victoria who loves to be photographed with things. So if you want to get some publicity for your show, just go and stand next to him. <laughs> it's okay. constantly being photographed. Well, all I know is wheat. Does he sell wheat? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It's you've arrived in oh, this. What, what, so what is that scandal? Because uh, I haven't really followed it. Uh, somebody, so, somebody sold wheat to Iraq. Yeah. So well, we sell wheat to Iraq, but in order to get them to buy the wheat, yeah. they've had to just slip a bit of extra money in for Saddam Hussein. And this is going on at the same time as we're going to war with Saddam Hussein. So right. we're actually financing Saddam Hussein at the same time we were toppling him. Okay. So a few people had a problem with that. Mm. With wheat, is the wheat that threw me. In that most governments just go for straight, you know, sh- chicanery when it comes to weapons or money. But you, you did it with bread rolls. <laughs> that was the first use of the word chicanery on this yeah. a new program on the Triple M Network. We'll be back for some more in just a moment. On get this, Triple M. <laughs> it's Billy Idol, of course it is, with White Wedding here at Get This on Triple M around the nation. Dylan Moran is uh, joining us this morning. You may have seen him being um, hideously dismembered in uh, Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> That was an excellent film. Uh, mm. Did you like doing a bit of that? Uh, yeah, that was great fun to do. Uh, people always say that, though, if you ask them how to do a film. Don't they? I think they usually I think do. They, I think they do. You're not allowed to say. No, it, it was awful. I got records. <laughs> um, yes, it was fine. It was, it was fine. What was great about that film is that it, it, I really got the feeling that the people who made it were interested in making a movie. And that doesn't often happen with comedy people doing movies oh, yeah, in, yeah, in lot, England. Yeah, a lot of the time people sort of turn up and go, okay, well, we'll run at the wall and fall down, but we'll <laughs> do it for an extra hour. <laughs> <laughs> what we have at this, we have a memory, uh, older people would remember in the 70s there was a trend. Uh, yeah, films sure. coming out here of, of British TV comedy shows doing films. It'd be like, really? uh, are you being served going to Spain? Or <laughs> Yeah, they always did that. They always sent people away to um, a resort or uh, <laughs> they had to travel, but they put them in a, you know, a, Volkswagen camper van <laughs> and would send them to um, somewhere and it would be raining and it was very disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> on the buses? Yeah. Was this a great... I love... There's, a, there's three films of On the Buses. There's On the Buses, there's Holiday On the Buses and Mutiny On the Buses. <laughs> and the first one, On the Buses, has a fabulous opening title sequence where they've, I've obviously filmed it in the only sunny day <laughs> in the history of England and they've got, they've got Blakey 
standing at the bus stop waiting. <laughs> uh, and it's his title shot for the opening sequence of the film. Blakey's standing there with his clipboard and it's really sunny. But there's a huge puddle of water in front of him. <laughs> and then they cut to Reg Varney driving. And then they cut back to Blakey with his clipboard and back to Reg Varney and back to... And it just goes on for what seems <laughs> like about two minutes. Why? And then finally, a uh, huge wall of water cascades <laughs> ah, right. over Blakey. But that's the kind... There was nothing like that in Short of the Dead, of course. No. Um, but, yeah, I know what you mean about those uh, British comedy films. Most of them are... Um, we. Can we say that on the radio? I think you can say sure. we. Yeah. What happened in the Are You Being Served one? They just went to spot. I never saw it. I have. To I be didn't. Honest. I don't even know these original programs. I mean, I've seen them like a f- two minutes of them. They're very British, though. People in Ireland didn't pay attention very much. Right. I think we had. Uh, there was often they would come to Australia and do a down under version. Well, I th- apparently it looks like you've got had an, a, any and every kind of old toss was sent <laughs> here for your <laughs> for your delectation, wasn't it? Then? I think so. If on the buses was coming <laughs> here to do a road show. <laughs> You're seriously starved. <laughs> um, I've seen some uh, shorts for a film, and I'm not sure if it came out here. It might be on DVD called The Actors with you and, and Michael Caine. Oh, yeah, that... Um, it was a very good script, but it sort of uh, rocketed down the toilet uh, when it came out. Now, often the trailer is misleading and isn't uh, an indication of what's in the film, but it looked like you were doing various characters and yeah, doing a lot more stuff. than Makeup, wigs, special ears, all that. Um, yeah, but you know, that's just acting, acting, you, acting, you turn up and they say, go over there, sit down, speak to her, speak to him, <laughs> scratch your leg, walk off. You know, it's moronic activity. <laughs> Speaking of uh, moronic activity, you're part of, uh, well, at least your tour coincides with the, the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Is that something that interests you, being part of a comedy festival? No. Not at all? No. No, you mean the sense of community and togetherness mm. and international acts mm. and the, No. Don't hang out with the others? No, I do, what's the point? They're just, they're just, you know, why? Look at those photographs. There's I'm looking at photographs of other people doing shows. Here they are, all full of hope, <laughs> dreams, you know, seeking to perfect their craft. And uh, Waste of time? Well, no, it's not a waste of time. I'm sure some of them are, you know, fantastically good at what they do. Others are less so. And, um, you know, I don't want to see the people who are rubbish, because they're rubbish. And the people who are really, really good and committed and innovative and energetic, you know, uh, obviously are worrying. So, <laughs> I, I always, you know, I, I don't see much live comedy. And when I do, I always, I always think it's such a, it's strange. I don't like seeing it. It makes me self-conscious to think about standing up there. It's a stupid, stupid way to live. There's, you look through the catalogue for the, the comedy festival. And I like it. You just, when you have to do a poster or something, you just have a photo of yourself taken. And it pretty much just looks like you yeah. in real life. And it seems there's a lot of, uh, there's three different uh, angles you can take. Um, <laughs> one is what we call the Coleman in this country, which is based on Jonathan Coleman, which is just pointing. Yes, yeah, not pointing, pointing. Mouth open for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> one, the Coleman. Yeah. Another one is just holding an object, like, say, a globe of the world, oh, yeah, a small yeah, globe I've of the world, and just being puzzled by it. Yeah, or an artichoke. And it's exactly an artichoke. <laughs> I'm not sure what it means, but we're going to nut it out over the course and of an hour. An artichoke will be in the title somehow. It will be worked into the title, possibly <laughs> as an anagram or acrostic, but, you know, it'll be Ben Gunhong's... <laughs> Artichoke world, <laughs> somehow. And and then the third one is just leaping in the air. That is also very popular. Scissors kicking, um, 
trying to hit your ears with your knees. <laughs> these are these are classic comedy moves. These have been proven again and again scientifically to be some of the funniest positions we can assume. <laughs> but there's none of that. If people, because people, I, I hate to emphasise this, but uh, of course you're you're well known for being a stand-up in England. But I guess a lot of people here would would be surprised to discover that somebody off the telly has another skill. <laughs> but coming along, Look. they're not going to see leaping. They're not going to see artichokes. Oh well, you know, I am. I am. I am working on a vegetable high kick. <laughs> <laughs> There's. I do an amazing uh, set of midair splits with an aubergine. <laughs> well, there's something yeah, to look forward to. Dylan Moran has added extra shows. If you want to see him in Melbourne, uh, Tuesday the 25th of April at uh, Hamer Hall, part of the, the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks for coming in today. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks. Good, good morning, good morning, good morning. And if you're, uh, you know, if, if you don't get tickets to see uh, Dylan's show, obviously there are quite a few left over for Ben Gunhong's <laughs> Artichoke World. <laughs> we'll be back with more in a moment on Get This. Okay. That's uh, Forever Young Youth Group. You get this. Oh, very nice, Ed. <laughs> Dylan Brand. I wasn't going to ask him to stick around for the whole show. He was going to have a part oh, of that. I could tell. Yeah, that's fair enough. Could people hear him? Was it was it actually going to ear? Yeah, I can hear him. Look, I'm a huge fan of Dylan Moran. People have been calling and complaining about him. Yeah, but, but that's, that's what he's like. Yeah, it is. It's kind of what's not good about him, you know. Yeah. Comes in and flicks through a you know, magazine yawns a bit. That's great. <laughs> it was just I too like early that. for him. Yeah. I was reading the bio last night. I'm going, oh, he's not going to be a morning person. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. But it is a great uh, show. And if you don't get to see it, you can... I don't know if the DVD is out here. It's called Monster. It'd be great to see live, though. It is great it, live. Yeah, it'd be great to go and watch it. Yeah, uh, now, back to it. What do we do on this program normally? Ah, uh, you've got your articles back. <laughs> How's that he's got? He's holding your articles for a while. I'll have a look at your articles. <laughs> I'll have a look at your articles. Yeah, I've never seen you so panicked, Tony Martin. Uh, and, really. and he was looking for something about himself. Did you know something? Yeah, let's, I know. Let's you... see what kind of biographical information you've got. Yeah, we couldn't find it. Uh, not, and he's looking at a picture of Elton John. There's a picture <laughs> of someone from Big Brother. <laughs> Mystifying. <laughs> Beckett. Uh, Samuel Beckett. How's that? I've busted out the Samuel Beckett. I've gone. He's from Ireland. Samuel Beckett. Yeah, I know. We'll I be know. right. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to go left. Was I telling stories about me when I was in Endgame? Because <laughs> <laughs> we love a bit of Samuel Beckett here at the M's. <laughs> no. Blocks of Beckett. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not stop blocks of Beckett. <laughs> yeah, we'll be out. Uh, the rubbish bins will be out. We'll be doing a bit of Endgame out of the back of the Thunders. <laughs> Crap's last tape coming Have up I, straight after Supertramp. <laughs> Have I told you that sometimes when I was in the thunder? Because, I, you know, when we drive around, people would always yell, you know, what do you got? You know, we, <laughs> so, but I started, they started going, what do you got? And I'd yell back, books. <laughs> books. <laughs> did Literature. That, did that frighten them? <laughs> yeah, just like, normally they're like, pull over. And then they'd be like, keep driving. <laughs> John Updike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have we got here? George Bush, uh, is, you know, there's sort of all kinds of theories that uh, we're going back to war <laughs> with a new country. The new country. Thank goodness. Have a listen to this quote from George Bush. We do not want the Iranians to have a nuclear weapon, the capacity to make a nuclear weapon, or the knowledge as to how to make a nuclear weapon. I don't think you should be allowed to use nuclear weapons if you can't save them. Nuclear weapon. <laughs> nuclear <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see there was a film years ago called Meet the Apple Gates? Did you ever oh, see yeah. that? You remember that one? Great movie, yeah. And I, the scene I always remember is Ed Begley was an alien. <laughs> Ed Begley Jr. Ed Begley Jr. And they were all uh, aliens and yeah. they were trying to learn to be Americans and the, the way to do it was to learn to say nuclear. <laughs> Goodness, George Bush obviously saw that movie. Yeah, right. That's what I got to do. <laughs> People like nuclear. <laughs> 
Um, now, look, Wheatgate, Dylan Moran, uh, I'm not sure if it was audible or not, but he brought up a very good point, Wheat. He did. Wheatgate. Um, I've been having a bet with friends of mine, and I have won the bet. What's it? Which is? I bet that somebody by the end of the week would do a cartoon in a newspaper. Hey! With somebody from the Howard government, as Sergeant Schultz saying, I know nothing. You're kidding and me. Yes, indeed. You're there it is in today's Herald Sun. Oh, my goodness. Mark Knight has got all three of them, Howard, Downer, and Vale. Oh, my goodness. All as Sergeant Schultz. <laughs> None of them know nothing. Wow. Oh, and look, just in case we didn't realise, so there's like a mouse going, saying, Schultz lives down the bottom. There you go. That's great. It's made it clear. But what is going on? Alexander Downer was uh, up on the stand yesterday, and already I can feel people turning off around the nation. <laughs> people don't want to know about the no. wheat board business. No. They need to know yeah. is Kate Langbrook still in the dancing <laughs> program? That's what they really want to hear about. And but Hawkins wants to elope. But yeah. we, but we, uh, we did promise serious issues uh, canvassed properly yeah. on this program when we right. launched it. Okay. And uh, do you want to hear some uh, what Alexander Downer has got to say for himself? I couldn't think of anything better. Let's cross to him now. I'm very confused. I mean, they send lots of things to my office. I can't read them all. They send letters. There's like 100,000 letters a day. I'm supposed to read them all. And um, I don't. I just, I go on the plane. Sometimes they let me go up to where they drive the plane. The other one, the Prime Minister one, he's got people helping him. But I'm just in my office the foreign um, business office. I have to put my own shoes on and sometimes they'll send a man in to help with the laces. But I can't be expected to know everything that's going on. Sometimes I can't work the door on my um, office. It says pull, but sometimes I, I push it and it doesn't open. I'm having someone come in to teach me about that, to do it properly. I can do a funny voice. I can do an impression of Kim Beasley. Here we go. Hello, I'm a big fat man. <laughs> That's it, see. I did that at the SEN um, thing, what that was. Karaoke night, I think it was. Had all people talking different um, words from different countries. I couldn't understand them. There was um, a piece of paper on my desk and it said some words about the bad things that um, the people at the wheat factory were doing. Well, I'm not sure what wheat is. I think it's in um, bread. They must need wheat in um, overseas countries or something. So they put um, some money with it and then the people um, buy it or something. I don't know. And there's the one, the Saddam one. I don't like him. He was living in a hole with no money or wheat. He didn't have anything. I called them and I talk. I, I say, hello, is that the wheat man? And there's a voice coming out and it said, I'm from the Department of Wheat. And I said, you're doing bad things, aren't you? I've got a piece of paper that is casting suspicion. And they went, no, we're not. We're doing good things. And I went, okay, sorry. I won't call again. And I called up the deputy one, Mr. Vale, and I said, what's the thing with the um, wheat man that he's um, doing wrong? And he said, I can't recall. And I said, what's the business with the letter? And he said, I can't recall. I said, who are you? And he said, I can't recall, I've no idea. I was very confused. 
and I went and sat in the corner and was very quiet and then a man came and they took me home and I had a nice glass of milk and then someone tucked me in and said everything's going to be all right. Well, thanks, Mr. Downer. This commission thanks you for your time. Get this. Yeah, I can't see any bloody sense in them at all. For census, one, two, three, four on Triple M. Available from NRM. Scams insurance. and scandals. Do you yeah, want to talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah, next, yeah. Ed? Big time. Hey, do you understand the whole Wheatgate deal now? <laughs> I think that Downer likes a man or something. <laughs> what did you say? I think Downer likes a man or something. <laughs> he likes a man <laughs> with the wheat business. <laughs> I don't know. That's how I spend my evenings on this show. I know. At home, just talking into a tape recorder it's, for hours. It's great. When you're coming in the morning, you, some, I know that if you look a little bit tired, <laughs> that there's going to be a sketch. That I've been talking to myself <laughs> all evening. Uh, let's have some scams. That'll be next on Get This. That'll be Simple Minds with the theme from The Breakfast Club. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Remember when um, uh, Judd Nelson's walking off? Yeah. At the end of that film, through the football field, and that, and the last frame oh, is he jumps yeah. in the air and punches the air. Is that the last frame of the film? Yeah, it freezes on that. They freeze on Judd Nelson. Yeah, and then the uh, uh, then the that song plays in the credits roll, and he was never seen again. Oh, <laughs> dare you? We've seen in a couple of things. <laughs> Blue City. Yeah, well, he he was good, and you know John. Ah, C- uh, we can't talk movies too long, but John Cusack was meant to play that role. Uh, and then Judd Nelson came in through a tennis ball at the director. And the director was like, yeah, he's edgy. And he gave him the right. We're going to do a whole show of just I know, I movie talk. We're going to do it. We're <laughs> yeah, going to do it. Because there's just so much football on Triple M. Yeah. And I want our show to just be a little <laughs> oasis. Because, you know, more people go to the movies than go to sports. No. And, and yet it's true. More people go to the movies than go to live sports in Australia. This, really? this, I've got an article somewhere. I'm sure you do. Somewhere there is. <laughs> and yet there's hardly any talk about movies. There's like the David and Margaret and, you yeah. know, the odd sort of thing on Foxtel. Yeah. So we're going to become like uh-huh. the, the footy show, but of movies. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you who I'm thinking of getting in to mm. do the ultimate movie panel is a bloke we met on Boytown, Lockie Hume. Oh, he knows. Yeah, he'd be good. He knows his movies he backwards. Knows. And we'll just get people to call up and try and stump us. Sweet. Who was freeze-framed at the end of The Breakfast Club? And someone will know. Judd Nelson. <laughs> Uh, let's have that sound, shall we? Oh, it's time to climb Talkback Mountain, and I know Mick Malloy did a whole week of shonky behaviour last week. It was fabulous on Tough Good Love. Stuff. I loved shonky week. But, you know, there's always shonky behaviour coming at you. A uh. few um, stories from up north, from Queensland. Uh. I'd like to include uh, Queensland shonk yeah. <laughs> on our program. You see this uh, net porn king tortured burglar. <laughs> What? A wealthy pornographic website master tortured and injured burglars uh, before dumping them at a police station. Scott Gregory Phillips, 31, pleaded guilty in the district court in Brisbane to one count each of torture and robbery. Apparently some blokes uh, broke into his house and uh, did something wrong and he's tracked them down and done a bit of Mr Blonde work on him. He, he tracked them down, so it wasn't while they were in his house. No, no, he's gone on a Charles Bronson-style vendetta. <laughs> But the reason I bring it up, that's all very ugly, is yeah. that he's described as the uh, millionaire operator of pinkbits.com. <laughs> and, you know, I just think our CEOs, millionaire? our leading businessmen, uh, they aren't setting a good example uh, uh, to the young people and the rest of the community. Fair enough. I would have expected better <laughs> from the manager of pinkbits.com. Yeah, his reputation has been built on, you know, honesty and... Yeah. It's not good enough. Make it... Yeah. Pinkbits.com fans <laughs> expect better. 
All right. Demand. That's pretty shonky. Yeah, that's shonky. Uh, what else? Well, obviously, the, the behaviour of the banks is considered oh, shonky. Yeah. They're now charging, well, not all of them, but uh, some of them are charging, you know, $2 if you just press the oh, wrong button. That is... Oh. Have you done that? Just Well, how are you meant to steal a key card? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the fun? Uh, yeah, no, that's... Uh, so you type like in the it. wrong number for your ATM and then you get a... Two bucks. Shot for two bucks. <laughs> They just don't have enough money there. No, that's the problem. It's the high cost of sacking people and closing down branches. <laughs> that's what they've got to pay for. And, you know... Those uh, those ads aren't going to pay for themselves. Those, that's right. Those awesome ads where they play, you know, all the parts themselves. Uh, Seen that? They know what is that? Oh, there's a bank ad where they've gone, all right, you know what? We need to be real. So we'll get everyone who works in the bank to play parts in the ads. Right. Which means they're just terrible. And then there's that one bit where they're like, oh, maybe we'll have a disco. And then a disco ball falls down and all these disco lights go off. Uh, and they're like, maybe not. It's like the, the zany right. part of the bank. So they found some people who work at banks to be in the app. Swing <laughs> a whole lot of ATMs in a disco. Uh, but what about the shonky bank? What about the self-styled governor accused of running an unauthorised <laughs> online bank? He's been sentenced to 10 weeks in jail for contempt of court. Bankrupt businessman David somebody or rather of Nunna Wadding is described on his website as the governor of the state of Sherwood which is a subdivision of the Principality of Camside. What? Uh, the bank operates from a postal address, and it's called the Terra Nova Cash. More than 100 people oh, have deposited money know. in the Terra Nova no. Cash with the promise of a 50% annual return. Oh, no, they didn't. They did. How, why did they fall for that? It's like the old... Steve Martin does a great routine about how, you know, banks always have long, fancy names because you just wouldn't put your money in Fred's bank. <laughs> but that is a case of 100 people have just found a bank on the internet, a bloke operating from how the... How much? How much the, did, he, did they put in? Oh, there's thousands of dollars. Oh. He, he was arrested while trying to withdraw 500 grand from the Bendigo Bank. That's a proper <laughs> bank, I should point out. <laughs> so the bloke who runs the, the shonky bank is putting his money in a proper <laughs> bank. He knows. That's what Sherwood Bank's a scam. <laughs> but would you do that? You're just surfing around on the internet? Oh, well, Bank of Sherwood. <laughs> yeah, how much money have we got? <laughs> Quite a bit. Life savings, I think. <laughs> Send it in. 50... Uh, That's a shonky scam. Yeah, it makes me kind of angry, that one. What else have we got here? Two. Well, I, there's a... Um, getting it as I, as I, as I bring it up, mm. but I... Um, have to come back to me, actually. I've genuinely <laughs> forgotten it as soon as I piped up. It's, All I could uh, think about was the Madonna girly tour as soon as I started uh, talking about that. There you go. It's, wow. it's, it's Ed's second week on radio. <laughs> so, so you so need good. lots of stuff written He's a bro. down. <laughs> Another one from up north from Queensland. Uh, Queenslanders have been warned about a US holiday scam which pressures victims to hand over their credit card details in exchange for a cheap but non-existent trip to Disney World. <laughs> about 20 people have complained to the Minister of Fair Trading. So they call up and they go, hey, you've won this holiday competition and you're going to be going to Disney World. But as, as the Minister of Fair Trading points out, before responding to a promotion, ask yourself, can you win something you haven't entered? That's what I was about to ask. <laughs> I didn't enter, but thanks. So you just won it. Right. And so what happens? Do you show up at the airport or oh, you, what's the scam? Like I can just call people and say you're going to Disney World. So you've that's, got, well, that's it. Then they just hang up and, and they've got your credit card details oh, and you never right. hear from them again. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. We used to get people to cluck uh, like they were chickens for say they won the KFC prize. We'd call, no, I was a kid. 
we'd ring up and pretend we're from a radio station and say, if you cluck like a chicken for 20 seconds, you get right. a free KFC. And you're still pretending that you're from a radio station to <laughs> call this in. very day. Call in if you cluck like a chicken. <laughs> we want to hear about scams and scandals because, uh, well, not scandals. That'll be a whole separate, yeah. whole week of the show. Oh, but scams, shonky yeah. uh, deals that you've been fallen victim to. Or done yourself. Changed names or, or whatever to protect the innocent. Mm. Uh, just, yeah, good we stuff. Had, we had a great reaction to your one last, your friend. who Daryl. Who praise sort of malak-like on backpackers uh, buying their cars because they've got to get rid of it in a day. He buys it for about 50 bucks, sells them for, what, 10 grand? In his own words, you can make about a grand a car. (laughs) Is that right? Well, a lot of people are calling up for details on that one. (laughs) Call us at Talkback Mountain with uh, the shonky scam that you've either instituted, perpetrated or (laughs) fallen victim to on one triple three five three. That's Jet. Are you going to be my girl? It's Triple M. Let's get this with myself and Ed Cavalier. Hey, yes. uh, people yes. wondering, where's the co-host today? It was Dylan Moran. Yeah. Nothing went horribly wrong. He was only ever going to come in here for two breaks. Yeah. He didn't have enough coffee in him to last <laughs> the whole show. I felt like we'd woken him up. I felt bad. <laughs> I just felt like we were interrupting his life. Yeah, that's exactly what I felt. Yeah, yeah I was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry we dragged you in. <laughs> <laughs> Who have we got on the line? Lo- oh, where are we? We're on talk. Back on <laughs> Whatever that, I, I don't understand the chick, 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 chick bit at the beginning. I've been listening to that. I understand. Quite, it's the it's the pick going uh, into the rock face. Okay, glad we sorted that out. Yeah. Shonky scams. Have you fallen victim to them, Brad? Are you there? I certainly am, guys. Um, I actually haven't fallen victim to this, uh, but it came through an email. A gentleman from the Ukraine. <laughs> ah, uh, there's there's the first signpost. <laughs> exactly, and. Uh, they sell uh, Ukrainian musical instruments uh, into Australia. Such as? And uh, they need somebody, because it takes a long time for the money to clear the Ukrainian bank, mm. they'll give me 50% of the $10,000 it costs for a diamond inlaid guitar wow. um, if I put the money through my account and then forward it to them. Oh. So they haven't done a lot of research, I wouldn't think, because there wouldn't be a lot of people from the Ukraine interested in buying uh, folk music instruments here, I wouldn't it's think. It's quite elaborate, though. I love yeah. how they've got the diamond encrusted. Yeah, they've gone, that's the little detail that's going to sell it. Yeah. That's what I, makes I haven't bothered with it because, of course, I've got an auntie in Nigeria that's going to send me some money very soon. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And yeah. a large case of Viagra, too, <laughs> exactly. presumably. I, I wonder, really, whether there is such a country or region as the Ukraine. Wow. I, I'm, you know, I, have you found it on the map, Ed? I'm yet to be convinced. Yeah. Uh, I think it's something that just exists on the internet. <laughs> Watch out for that one. Someone asking you to help them shift some Ukrainian musical <laughs> instruments. I'd be suspicious. Have we got Andrew there? You there, Andrew? G'day, how are you going? Good. Hey, how, what happened to you? Uh, we got a letter in the mail that said we'd won 700,000 euros in a Spanish lottery. Congratulations. Uh, and we hadn't entered it. You hadn't entered it? There no, you that's go. what kind of the first sign was. But so my ha- wife was very optimistic that we might have won. Right. Oh, right. Well, she's <laughs> from Italy. Okay. Spain's not what? too far from Italy, so she thought there might be a connection there. <laughs> that was it. That was the thread yeah, they were hanging the scam on. Well, we didn't get conned by the scam, but it cost us about $40 in phone calls, ringing Spain, ringing the consulate, and finding out whether it was genuine. One the you had to actually line. ring up the, a number right. between a certain hours mm. to claim your prize. And then they wanted your credit card number. Ah, and like, yeah, so that's is. what the scam was. Yeah. So why would you need to give your credit card you to, to win yeah, some yeah, money? Yeah. You had to give money to clear the funds. Uh, how that much? Was, uh, uh, they said about 2%. Right. But okay. I rang outside of those hours because I thought this is a bit dodgy. And I just got this guy and pick up the phone and he goes, Hello? <laughs> I said, Hey, is this the, is this the Ministry of the Lottery? And he goes, Oh, yes it is. 
<laughs> yes, uh, hang on, I check. Are we uh, Ukrainian musical instruments? <laughs> What on this line? Yes, Spanish lottery, correct. <laughs> bueno, bueno. <laughs> All right, well, again, well, uh, I'm not sure that the euro is in fact a real currency. Is that right? I'm not sure that that exists what either. About the drachma. The drachma, no, it's a car, I think. <laughs> Have we got Paul on the line? Paul? Yes, g'day. How you going, guys? Hey, Paul. Victim or running one? Yeah. No, just know someone who knows one who knows someone who it's ran you, one. Paul. Did our lawyers it's get you. on the line and tell you to say <laughs> that? <laughs> it's you, Paul. Just admit it. It's not. My, my wife used to know a bloke, though, when she lived up in Sydney, and he was into all sorts of scams. But uh, the one that tickled my fancy was where he put an, uh, an ad out in uh, a certain magazine. Uh, all about, raving on about your bills too expensive. You know, send, uh, send this company fifty dollars. We'll give you everything you need to cut your bills in half. And talked on about halving your bills and cutting your bills in half. So people would send fifty dollars into the and, and then he'd send them a two dollar pair of plastic scissors. All right. <laughs> so, so he's down the two dollar shop with a huge crate of scissors going. <laughs> exactly. Excellent. <laughs> $48 profit. Um, <laughs> and so, did, did you make a profit on... Oh, sorry, did sorry. the bloke make a profit on this? Uh, look, she doesn't know. She didn't have a lot to do with him after that, but, uh, yeah, I, right. thought that was, I thought that was pretty good. Pretty, uh, yeah, pretty good, you said, first well, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a beauty, and I mean, that, that's sort of a progression, really, from, you know, is your fridge running, really? They've, they've gone from that to crime. I've, I once, actually that reminds me, someone once rang uh, our house and mm. said, uh, yeah, just doing a, um, uh, a survey, do you have the following items? A computer, a big television, oh, a DVD yeah. player. I was like, come on. Yeah. And when are you out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we wouldn't want to call again when you're not there <laughs> to get follow-up information <laughs> about what you've got at your house. Jewelry-wise. Okay. <laughs> There's some scams. Are we running a bit late today, Bear? We are a bit. I'm going to blame Dylan Moran. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to blame his long pauses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks to everyone who called in and yeah, that was uh, good. fessed up or was a victim of some shock. And yeah, Paul, watch out. <laughs> Here at Talkback Mountain. Get this. It's a very rare moth. Yes, I know. But uh, I will take an interest in that moth. For census, one, two, three, four on Triple M. That's Ice House winding things up here at Get This on Triple M around the nation. I apologise to uh, people at the various uh, network entry points. We're running a tad late. Right. It was because we, we had a lot of complaints about Dylan Moran. I thought we've got to pack as much gear in as we can. And I forgot what I was going to say. And that was 45 seconds of me just going, um, oh, which was great yeah. listening. <laughs> That's, that'll be on the podcast. The podcast is up. There's some kind of podcast on the website. Yeah. I think it might be the show we did with Tom Gleiser last week, which oh, uh, people enjoyed. That's up there. It's got the Beasley cheese incident. Uh, <laughs> We've had a lot of requests for that. Yeah, is nice. there something worth watching on TV no, tonight? It yeah. might be. Yeah. Uh, thank God, yeah. Speaking of Tom Gleisner, thank God you're here. Uh, is tonight, 7.30, uh, Channel 10. Now, awesome guest this week. We've got Sean McAuliffe, Fifi Box, Angus Sampson, and Matt Newton. Oh, well, that was a fabulous show last week. Yeah. And expecting more of the same tonight. Gonna so, uh, just before we go, here's, uh, you know, people, celebrities come to visit Australia, mm -hmm. and they want to visit the big sites. Mm. They want to see what we've got here. Here's where Ashley Simpson's been. We did stop by Louis Vuitton and Chanel yesterday. Oh, there you go. You've got to see the Louis Vuitton and Chanel, because they don't have them overseas. <laughs> That's important values for the youth of today, isn't it? <laughs> You're getting angry there, Ed. I, yeah, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much to Dillibrand for coming. And yeah. whether you like the segment or not, he's a great guy. He's got a great show happening. If it's yeah, coming to your town, go and see it. Uh, Black Books, obviously, is available on DVD. Uh, we better get out of here before we're in more trouble. The word of the day, I think, was 
Mucula. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with comedian Mark Watson. And it's all thanks to Census 1, 2, 3, 4. Do it again.